Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Monday, November 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at what Tim Cook thinks about regulating big tech, tensions between the U.S. and China heating up, and Prime Minister Theresa May's uncertain path forward on a Brexit deal. Then, the FT's Michael Peel is here to tell us about how some countries might be using Interpol for political purposes, and what's being done to prevent that. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. In an interview that aired on Sunday night, Apple CEO Tim Cook said that new regulations for the tech industry are inevitable. Mr. Cook told Axios, quote, the free market is not working, and that politicians will step in. U.S. politicians have been trying to figure out how to regulate tech companies for two years. They want some regulation on issues like privacy, political advertising, and competition. The debate on how to regulate these big tech companies intensified last week. That's when a New York Times investigation accused Facebook of mishandling its probe into Russian disinformation on the platform. And world leaders met to discuss free trade this weekend in the Asia-Pacific region at the annual APEC summit. But there was some friction between two leaders in particular. U.S. Vice President Mike Pence and Chinese President Xi Jinping sparred over trade and security. Mr. Pence attacked China for using unfair trade policies, like the forced transfer of technology produced by U.S. multinationals. Mr. Xi lashed out about the U.S.'s trade policies as well. He said that President Donald Trump's use of bilateral trade arrangements adds uncertainty to the world economy. Many hoped the meeting this weekend would allow the two countries to come to a truce over trade policy. Later this month, Mr. Xi is set to meet with Mr. Trump at the G20 summit in Argentina. And unless things improve, the U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods are scheduled to increase in January. I'm Laura Hughes, the FT's political correspondent in Westminster. Over the weekend, the Prime Minister took down her critics calling for her resignation by saying that any move to change the Tory party leader at this stage could destabilise or frustrate the Brexit process. Well, over the weekend, we know that only 25 Conservative MPs have publicly stated that they've put in a letter of no confidence in the Prime Minister. If 48 letters are sent in to Graham Brady, the chairman of the 1922 committee, we could see a vote of no confidence in her leadership this week. But even the party's hardest line Eurosceptics fear that she could still win a vote of no confidence and carry on to live another week as party leader. While she'll be in Brussels this week where she tries to secure the last bit of the Brexit negotiations. But as she goes out to Brussels to meet with EU leaders, at the back of her mind will be, of course, fears of A, a leadership contest in the coming days, if they really do get the numbers, and B, we still don't know if she's going to be able to get it through Parliament in December. The FT's Michael Peel has been taking a look at Interpol. That's the International Criminal Police Organization, and it facilitates international police cooperation. Hello. Hey, Michael. How's it going? It was founded in 1923, and right now, 192 countries are members. It's supposed to be politically neutral, but lately there have been more accusations that the organization is being used for political purposes. 
um, let me just explain. I'm in a slightly unusual situation in that I'm at a tram station in Brussels. I think my son left his uh, Kindle um, on a tram this afternoon, so I'm trying to trying to hunt <laughs> oh, it no. down. Interpol's General Assembly meeting is this week in Dubai, and members are set to elect a new president. Current Vice President Alexander Pokopchuk is one candidate for the job, but some are wary of electing a Russian president, especially after hearing stories from people like Bill Browder. Bill Browder was an investor in Russia. In 2009, his accountant, Sergei Magnitsky, was beaten to death in a Moscow jail. And since then, Browder has been pursuing that case and accountability for it and has become a very strong and high-profile critic of the Russian government. One day uh, earlier this year, Bill Browder was in um, a hotel room in Madrid and preparing, in fact, for a meeting that morning with the top Spanish anti-corruption prosecutor. And indeed, Mr. Browder wanted to discuss alleged corruption in Russia. And he said there was then a knock at the door and he opened it and three large men were standing there. And one of them was the hotel manager and the other two were two uh, well-dressed Spanish police officers. And they asked to see his ID and showed it. And they said, well, you're under arrest, Mr. Browder. And he said, well, why, why is this? And they said, Interpol Russia. He was taken to a police station in Madrid, and then there were calls made to Interpol. And uh, within a fairly short time, within a few hours, the message came back from Interpol that Mr. Browder was not on any wanted list that they had. And so he was released. It's not exactly clear why he's arrested. Mr. Browder says this is one of as many as seven attempts by the Russian authorities to arrest him. And he says that, you know, the fact that he actually was arrested on this occasion in Madrid shows that, you know, the system is broken. So, and he is saying that this is not an isolated incident. So what kind of pattern is he seeing with Interpol? So his case is that this is part of a wider pattern of abuse by Russia and other authoritarian states of the Interpol system. In other words, to use Interpol not just for the legitimate reason of seeking criminals or alleged criminals, but seeking political opponents or indeed commercial rivals of interests within government. Now, of course, the Russian authorities and other states deny abusing Interpol in this way. And it's very difficult to make a sort of quantitative judgment about is the system being misused because although there's details on the numbers of requests and these have mushroomed over the past years, not just the number of red notices, which are basically requests for suspects to be arrested, but what has almost doubled between 2016 and 2017 is this less formal mechanism called a diffusion, which is basically a message from a law enforcement authority in one country, which can be sent to one or more uh, Interpol members and uh, ask them either for information to locate a suspect or, or to make an arrest. And the point that Browder and others make is that this is very open to abuse because states can just send these out and it's done. And what does Interpol say about these accusations of politically motivated activity? Jürgen Stock, the secretary general of Interpol, effectively the, the chief executive, denies that uh, the organization is being politically manipulated. And he says that the organization has been improving its uh, safeguards against potential political abuse. And he says it's done that in a couple of ways, that uh, the body that looks at complaints from targets that data held on them is not accurate and should be amended or 
deleted, that its work has been beefed up and that he's also overseen the setting up of a special task force with uh, dozens of, of people on it who are supposed to review all requests for uh, information and uh, arrests that are sent out. Is there any kind of system in place to ensure that Interpol is being held accountable from the outside? Basically, critics would say no. Interpol is, it's unusual because although uh, it doesn't have powers of arrest itself, and it stresses that it's it's basically a global hub for information exchange between law enforcement authorities rather than the police force, which is true. But on the other hand, obviously, information that it disseminates can give rise to arrests and and very real and serious consequences. So it inhabits this strange kind of administrative and legal netherworld, if you like. Interpol says that it's not true that it has no oversight at all. And it quotes the example of this uh, Commission for the Control of Interpol's file, which it describes as an independent and impartial body, which looks at principally the use of data by Interpol. And one lawyer critic says that this is just what he calls sticking plaster stuff, which gives the appearance of due process without the actuality of some kind of independent oversight. If you want to read Michael Peel's story, you can find it at ft.com. Today on the site, we'll also be looking at the Confederation of British Industries annual conference. All eyes are on Jeremy Corbyn and his take on Brexit negotiations. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news.